You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Thursday, June 18th. And a good topic on deck today. Timely, um, yet who would have known three years ago how timely the this conversation would be. So very, um, just very thankful to have the opportunity to, uh, to talk with Pastor Haney today about a great Bible study. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us by phone today is the Reverend Keith Haney. He's assistant to the president for Missions, Human Care, and Stewardship, the LCMS Iowa District West. Pastor Haney, thanks so much for Pastor Haney. Thank you so much for being our guest today on the Coffee Hour. My pleasure. You have a, a great Bible study. It's been out for a few years now, called "One Nation Under God: Healing Racial Divides in America," and uh, that's that's been out since what 2016, 2017, I believe. 2017, yeah. Yeah, it was a, 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 a very uh, um, tumultuous time here in St. Louis and then across the country as well. So it was very timely then. And uh, looking forward to talking more about how it's so so useful and timely today as well. Pastor Haney, tell us your story. Uh, who is Keith Haney? Well, I grew up uh, Southern Baptist in Louisiana. Um, and it was kind of funny because my story was my, my entire family was Southern Baptist. Um, I went to church there, was very uncomfortable with, in the Southern Baptist tradition, you have a slang in the spirit, so people would just kind of randomly pass out during the service as the pastor preached. As a four-year-old, that was kind of freaky. And so I told my mom, Mom, I can't do this anymore. This is way too stressful. Um, so she put me into a Lutheran preschool. And, of course, every Lutheran preschool begins with the first day of chapel. I'm going, oh, great. Now I get to watch four-year-olds pass out. Um but it was Lutheran, so there was no emotion. So I said, this is the perfect church body for me. <laughs> and then at the age of That's six, fantastic. I was baptized Lutheran and converted my entire family. And so I was the first Lutheran evangelist in my family. <laughs> that is that, that is a wonderful story. <laughs> so... <laughs> Tell us, uh, walk us through uh, what what we've been what we've been dealing with over the last, uh, I mean, several weeks, but also the last several years, especially here in St. Louis, um, the, the the fear, mistrust, uh, these these very heated conversations that we've been having with uh, our neighbors, uh, maybe more online right now. Um, but what sure. what does what do do these heightened emotions? Uh, have to do with this racial divide that we have in the United States? It's a complicated problem. I actually was trying to avoid writing about race because I knew just how toxic that conversation could be. Mm -hmm. But as I, as I watched television and, and I watched our leaders three years ago talk about this, all I kept hearing were things on television and online that was just more divisive. And I'm like, we don't need more contention, more division, more things inflaming the situation. We need someone to kind of speak peace and hope into the midst of the situation. So I started writing, hoping just to at least the few people I had following at that time, <laughs> that maybe they would they would hear a different path, a different way, a little bit of hopefulness in all of this, because it was just so depressing to watch the news. 
Uh, I started writing actually because of the whole Ferguson thing years ago. Because I grew, I actually served in the in that same circuit when I was in St. Louis. I was at St. Matthew and Wal and Walnut Park, so I knew that community, and I knew that wasn't Ferguson. I knew that wasn't the neighborhood, the area. Uh, there were good, hardworking people there who wanted the best for their families and their lives, and I just saw that entire community just being just ripped apart by this racial division. And so I, I really wanted to kind of say to people, there is a pathway forward, but we have to listen to each other. What I what I sense so often online is people are talking past each other. They use terms like white, white races or white privilege or uh, Black Lives Matter, and, and those things don't help us to have a conversation. They just turn people off on both sides. Because uh, you can't win those arguments, so so I wanted to to kind of help, to kind of serve as a cultural translator. Because I actually grew up um, in a, in a very very different community. My my elementary school was all white, so I grew up having to learn to I guess you would say to learn to live in a white world, being African American. But then I'd go home to a black neighborhood and have to be able to speak into that language. So I kind of learned to translate what each side was saying to the other side. And that's kind of what my Bible study was about. You kind of let me tell you what the other side is trying to get you to understand and hope that that creates for you a better sense of understanding. But the fact that there is such a divide there to begin with is, is well, it's sad that, that there's such a divide that, that we, um, that we we don't understand one another and 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 I'm thankful that that you have have seen the the opportunity and been given the opportunity to to help us listen to each other to try to understand what someone else is saying so that we can have meaningful helpful conversation and and hopefully move forward uh, what is in your bible study what can i learn um from this bible study one nation under god well, I, I take this whole racial thing and I put it in the context of Scripture because, to me, you, you really can't solve a problem that's spiritual with human resources. And I think we've been trying to do that. We've tried to say, let's have more conversation. Let's have more worship. Let's have more laws. Let's, you know, rein in the police or let's do this. And, and that never really solves the deep-rooted issue of this a spiritual problem. And, and so I, I start out in the Bible study really just start talking about identity. We have to realize that sin distorts our identity. So we see each other as black or white because that's what sin says, but that's not what God says. God says God does not judge the outward appearance, the skin color of another person. God judges the heart. And we have to begin looking at the person across from us, not as a black person or a white person or a Hispanic person or an Asian person, but they are sinners created by God, and we stand the same place at the foot of the cross in need of God's grace and salvation. So we all begin there as sinners in need of salvation. And if we see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, not as black or white, that breaks down the you're different than me concept that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is it so important to start? I mean, this this is an obvious question, maybe. Well, why... Why is it so important and why is it so hard for us to take that step backwards in order to start there? Because sin blocks us. Sin, sin distorts who we see each other as. Um, and, and I talk about, you know, if you listen to the, the language that's happening in the media and then on Facebook and all those other mediums, it really goes back to the garden 
and, and, and Satan when he talks about how do I get people to do what I want them to do? I give them just enough truth that is believable. So you start to believe that all black people are dangerous or all black people are angry because you, you see television, you're watching the riots going, yeah, I'm looking at television and what Satan told me is true. Look, there are a bunch of angry black people on the screen. <laughs> um, not realizing that, that that's Satan giving us half-truths again to distort who we are in God and get us away from the real issue, which is him behind the scenes stirring all of this up. Um, and then we, we, we get to find that white people are uh, are pure and they're holy and and they're perfect. And we have this idea of white privilege that people are, are throwing around. Um, and so, again, you look at the, the TV shows and white people look calm and they look like they have their act together and they, they seem to have better a better road to success than other groups may have. And so you start to buy into those half-truth stereotypes that Satan throws out there and it just creates a bigger division. Well, I'll never be that person. So what we do is we try to change our appearance to look that way, which is kind of funny. I see white people getting perms so their hairs are curly, and black people straighten their hair so their hair looks more white. And I'm like, just accept who you are in Christ, not try and change your outward side to match something that the world says you should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that, that sin at the root, uh, uh, being confronted with these things can make us uncomfortable and that may be something that uh, we try to avoid I don't I mean I don't think anyone really likes feeling uncomfortable <laughs> is it is it necessary to feel uncomfortable uh, in order to face um, or, in, or in order to, to try to understand these concepts uh, and, and what happens when we when we don't allow ourselves to feel uncomfortable well what happens is then we we deny that there is a problem and I think what happens so often we see now is people are saying, well, we solved all that and back in the, with the civil rights movement, so we should, be, we should be beyond that now. There's no more race problems, <laughs> which is, is to deny that there is still, uh, still a problem out there. I wouldn't say it's a systemic problem, but there is a problem in certain areas of our country. I would say education is a huge one. I was in Milwaukee, and I saw what, for example, school choice could do to break down bad, failing school systems in the Milwaukee area. I also saw people work behind that, and so that just kept the – we kept fighting to try to get people who are underserved and underprivileged the opportunity to achieve the American dream, which is – and we all are in the same place. We all want want the best for our families, for our kids. We want safety. So – we don't don't realize that those are real issues, and we don't try to solve the real issues. We start – kind of tinkering on, on, the, on the margins, and it doesn't really solve the problem, so people get more frustrated. There are people that I work with in the city who really do need a better life and want a better life, but they feel like they're trapped. And so when these incidences happen and you're stuck in a bad neighborhood with high crime, you get frustrated because nobody hears your cry for help, your cry for change. And so you see breaking out in cities frustrated people going, no one is hearing us. Hmm. You you said earlier that you didn't want to write about racial issues because it was so hard, because it was you knew that it was it could become very toxic and and that's just it. We we're reluctant to to address it because we know it becomes uncomfortable, but it seems like we have to get a little uncomfortable, allow ourselves to be vulnerable, 
in order to uh, to to be prepared to confess if we need to confess sin. Well, we we always have sin to confess, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. uh, in order to do that, we uh, there's so much more to talk about, and we only have a little bit of time to do it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we'll continue our conversation with Pastor Keith Haney, his assistant to the President for Missions, Human Care, and Stewardship for LCMS Iowa District West, and author of One Nation Under God, Healing Racial Divides in America from Concordia Publishing House. We'll be right back. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with Pastor Keith Haney. He's author of One Nation Under God, Healing Racial Divides in America from Concordia Publishing House. Pastor Haney, when you wrote this Bible study, uh, what did, probably nearly four years ago, uh, in, in light of what was happening in, uh, in, in St. Louis here in Ferguson, and uh, in a couple other places, a few other places around the country. Did you anticipate that it would still be greatly needed today? I did. What happened, however, though, was the nation changed in that we stopped talking about race after the Obama administration. And when President Trump came in, the issue moved from race to immigration. And so it kind of got buried. That whole subject got buried until the George Floyd incident happened. And it just, that I think combined with the lockdown from COVID-19, the the nation was just on the verge of either exploding to get out of the house or too many people were home to see this video, but whatever. It's all of a sudden, this whole issue just came right back to the forefront again. How is, is it different uh, from your perspective from, from how we were dealing with this as a country four years ago, or or is this uh, still are we still still dealing with the the same the same things and just in different ways? I think it's the same thing. I think this one was more widespread, and I think honestly it was heightened by this political season. If it was not an election year, it may not have been as volatile as it. Had, but the video, honestly, the video, I think was much worse than we saw with the uh, Michael Brown thing in Ferguson. This one was just, no one could justify what happened. And we saw this and it just, I think it just shook the uh, psyche of America to watch this. And for me, the, the hardest part of it was, I kept asking myself the question, where's the mercy? That our nation has just seemed to have lost the concept of mercy. And I was just thrown back to Jesus's interaction with the young lawyer, the Good Samaritan parable, where the priest walked by, the Levite walked by, and the one person to stop and help was a Samaritan. And Jesus really gave us, I think, the 
key to how we deal with each other in these racial tension times, and that is to show each other mercy. And I love the, the, the lawyer because when Jesus asked him who was the one who was a neighbor, you could tell the racial tension was still in his voice to the point where he said, not the Samaritan, but he said the one who showed him mercy. He could even bring himself to say the Samaritan who showed him mercy. He just said the one who showed him mercy. And I get, I get that sense that's happening in our country today. If we saw someone stop and help, the tension is so high right now. We couldn't say it was the black person that showed him mercy or the white person. It would be the one. So you can still see in America that that tension is still there about how do we move forward when we don't trust each other and we don't think there's any hope. What can we learn? What can we gain in One Nation Under God, this Bible study that would help me in my congregation right here in, um, you know, in, in, right here in the St. Louis area? I try to walk people through step by step, um, breaking down our perceptions of who the other side is to help you understand more about the person in a deeper way, um, black and white. But also every every single lesson ends with a mission opportunity to go into begin to break through that the barriers that are there. I, I wanted to end this Bible study with a call for reconciliation, but I'm going, that's that's way too lofty. So I thought about that's not really the right call because in order for repentance to be the call that we have for a nation, we have to understand what repentance is. And to call someone to repent when they haven't acknowledged that there's a problem doesn't work. Um, and, and we're seeing actually biblical words like repentance and forgiveness being thrown out by the world, but not having the Christian mindset in, in behind it, which is reconciliation with God. The reason we repent is because we realize that we have sinned, that we need a Savior. But we're not at, the world's asking us to repent, not because we need a Savior, because we need to uh, to justify or make up for past sins. So it's not about healing. It's about you owe me. This is retribution for past wrongs. So repent and give me what's, what's mine, mm. as opposed to repent and, and connect with your Creator and your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I think those words are being used, and the church is feeling that sense of, how do I repent, but not with the idea of connecting back with God and Jesus Christ as our Savior. So that's also a part of our problem. So I try to get people to say, okay, what is, what is the Christian path forward in this whole race thing, and what are some steps I can take as an individual to do that? I don't think you can do that, solve that problem as a church body, I think that's too big. Whenever we try to do things as a committee, committees don't work. So I try to get people to go one-on-one, what can I as a Christian do in my life, in my interactions, to help to defeat this this sin of racism? And so it's more of a one-on-one call as opposed to a corporate call. How does uh, walking through these these concepts that that you lay out, how how do those things help us to... Uh, to love our neighbors in a better way. Well, we address some really difficult issues in there. We we talk about the, what what slavery has done to this country um, and the sin of slavery, and 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 that again in a way to produce more guilt, but to produce more understanding. 
we talk about some of the movements that are actually out there, like Black Lives Matter. And when people say Black Lives Matter, what should our response be? When your response is all lives matter, you just create more tension. So there's a different way to handle that than, than responding back, but all lives matter. Blue lives matter. Babies' lives matter. Because that just that those are just those are setup words to create more tension as opposed to create more healing. So I, I kind of walk people through some of those very very sensitive issues that are out there today, and and try to get people to understand exactly what each other is saying. Like when I hear people say, "I don't see color," that's meant I think by white people in a very very positive way. As an African American, you go, "Yeah, right." How could you not see color? Uh, mm-hmm. But there is, what you're really saying is what you're trying to say, actually, I think, is that I don't judge you based on your color. So there's a different way to say that than to say I don't see color because that doesn't go over well. So I try to get people to say, okay, avoid these kinds of these kind of pitfalls. And when you say that, here's what the other side is hearing to kind of create better understanding and move forward. And it's kind of nice. I did this Bible study with a, a policeman in the room, and he came in, I could tell from doing the Bible study, with a chip on his shoulder. He, he wanted not to like it. He wanted to, to be able to stand up and, and to criticize what I was going to say. But he came to me and says, you approach this with such grace and such love. Thank you for that. Because I want, I want to honor both sides and help both sides to see God in all of this. I've had the chance to read through some of the the Bible study, not all of it. How do you see this your Bible study being used in in a congregational setting for individuals, small groups? How, how could this be used? So I, I went and did a, a guest leading up the Bible study in Virginia, and during this session, it was a member of the congregation who had been hurt by some racial issues that had been said to her by the congregation. What came out of that was the beginning of healing. She was able to kind of tell her story and and begin to get healing from that. So what, I, what I've seen happen from the Bible study is people who have been dealing with race issues all their life, who sat on that, are now having conversations, and healing is beginning to happen because they're studying God's Word and hearing things and seeing the other side differently than they saw the other side before. So the goal has been really to just get people to take take down those walls for protection barriers and to say, how can we walk together as people in Christ together? Hmm. And taking down those walls, taking down those barriers might mean being vulnerable, making ourselves vulnerable mm-hmm. for a little bit, but it also means listening and, uh, and listening to each other, listening to God's word as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to digging into this Bible study with the, the saints at my congregation to, uh, to help us. Um, thank you so much for writing it. How can we find One Nation Under God? It's on the CPH website. Uh, it's a downloadable Bible study so that you, you can buy one copy and share it with your congregation, your, your small group team. Uh, and that's, it's, it's, you get it as soon as you order it, which is kind of nice. Instead of having to order something and wait three or four days for it to come, mm-hmm. you buy it, you actually have access to it at the very moment. So. Yeah, we, we're looking forward to, to studying it in our congregation. Six sessions, so um, I'm... I, I, Really looking forward to digging into it. The Reverend Keith Haney, he is the author of One Nation Under God, Healing Racial Divides in America, Assistant of the President for Missions, Human Care and Stewardship for the LCMS Iowa District West. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Pastor Haney. 
It's been my pleasure. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.